Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connections, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. Today, I have Rajesh Singh as a guest. Rajesh has a Master's of Science in Computer Engineering and worked for many years, I believe over 20, in the technology field. In 2009, he started having chronic pain in his lower back. The quality of his life deteriorated. After trying everything for eight years, he decided in 2017, after discovering the cause of his pain, to help people and became a certified pain healing coach and wants to help people learn the cause of chronic conditions so that they can heal themselves. Do I have everybody's attention? I think this is going to be an exciting episode. Hello, Brajesh, and thanks for being here. Hi, Leticia. Thanks for having me. Well, I definitely read uh, your story and uh, I find it fascinating. And obviously, we have very similar backgrounds, being in technology. When I was doing the research, I noticed uh, that we have about 140 connections in common in LinkedIn, (laughs) which is pretty crazy. Right. And we yeah. probably, did we ever meet in person while we were at Nortel? We co- we shared that part of our lives, uh, having worked at Nortel. Yeah, I don't think I met you in person, but I definitely remember your name possibly yeah. on, on email. Yeah, sa- same. So, well, it's great to have an ex-colleague and um, and it's exciting to have you here and, and share your story. So, obviously, I want to hear first about your childhood and, and um, I know it's going to be also very interesting. So, why don't you start by telling us about Brajesh as a as a child, what did you enjoy doing? Where did you grow up? All that fun stuff. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I loved playing cowboys and Indians. Okay. For some reason, <laughs> that's what comes up. I was born in India, and uh, my parents had just moved back from America, so my brother was born in America. So we would play cowboys and Indians a lot, and he was the cowboy and I was the Indian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure so, that comes up later in your conversations. Why is that? <laughs> well, well, he's American and I was Indian. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, and at the age of seven, we moved to Tanzania. So my dad uh, was working for the United Nations. Wow. And, that is a place you don't hear often. Tanzania. Yeah. Tell me right. about that. Yeah. So that was, as a seven-year-old, I, that was kind of disruptive mm-hmm. for me as I didn't know what was going on. And to move to Africa where my dad did research in a small village. So we were far away from everything. And I loved it in one sense because we were in the jungle. Uh, my brother and I, we would make bows and arrows and play with catapults and, you know, just enjoy nature, set fires to places and mm-hmm. run, run away. <laughs> and at the same time, I was in boarding school. So that was challenging being at that age. 
and you know being separated from my parents for several months at a time. Wow. Yeah, that sounds uh, challenging. And in a, in a strange place, too. In a strange place and eating strange food. And that's where I, I wasn't used to eating meat before. Mm -hmm. But I started, you know, eating meat there. And it, that's, I remember that's what your initially. parents get for getting you to boarding school, probably. <laughs> I know in, <laughs> I know that's in, in, it's a big no-no. Uh, so. But did you get to see your parents, you know, every few months? Yes. Yes, I got to see them every, like I think every four or five months. Oh, any fun memory of those times besides the challenge and what you used to like something that you say, oh, well, I actually enjoyed that after all. Yeah, well, it was, you know, when I was watching The Lion King, I was saying, yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's so beautiful. Like our, our drive from our house to the school was maybe like a 15-hour drive through the Serengeti National Park, through the safari so we would oh, almost wow. go on a safari each time I went to school and uh, there would be elephants crossing the roads and cheetahs in trees and you know rhinoceros chasing our car and as you know as a, as a seven-year-old at that time I thought well maybe everybody has this life but now I look back at it I'm grateful that I was able to be present in that country just to see how beautiful nature is and to experience it firsthand Wow. How long were you there? We were there for two years. So at the age of nine, we, my dad moved to Nigeria. So uh, again, he, he was transferred to Nigeria, which is West Africa. And uh, it's very different than East Africa, where people usually are familiar with going to safaris in Kenya and Tanzania. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of natural beauty in East Africa. West Africa is not that famous for its natural beauty. It is there, and I think also the wildlife is less than East Africa. So it's it's a it's a big again a big change, uh, new languages and uh, new kinds of people, new cultures as well. So yeah, yeah, at nine I moved to Nigeria. That's a pretty interesting so far. Well, this promises to be a fantastic episode already. Um, <laughs> so tell me, your dad sounds like he was doing super important work. Is he a doctor or what kind of research was he doing? Uh, he does agronomy. So he okay. does research on, uh, his specialty is doing research on cowpeas, which are also known as black-eyed peas. Okay. And I understand in the United States on New Year's Day, the, a lot of the southern states eat black-eyed peas for good luck. Oh, wow. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, and he found out when he, when he uh, came to America as well. So he, he must have good luck then if we stand by that theory. <laughs> yes, yes he, he has a lot of good luck. <laughs> Very good. And your mom, was she, she's a follower of your dad's uh, adventures? Yes, she was a homemaker. Uh, she took care of me and my brother. And, uh, yeah. She... Okay. Great. And, and when you were young, like, I mean, between, besides all those changes, was there anything in particular that you were passionate about? Like, did you see your dad and say, I want to be a researcher too? Or how did you envision your life when you were going to be older? Um, as a, as an Indian, perhaps other Indian listeners could relate to this. We were usually given the choice of being a doctor and engineer. Okay. And there was nothing else that occurred to me to to challenge that or to think otherwise. It just was 
the way it is and I didn't question it. So I don't recall having any incredible passions of something that I wanted to be. Good. That's interesting. And your brother, is he an engineer or a doctor? He is an engineer, yes. Okay, there you go. So two yeah. engineers. Two engineers, yeah. My parents, you know, can give thumbs up. <laughs> hey, well, it's, not, it's definitely not a bad career. It's just uh, fascinating. And part of this podcast is I, I, I like to dig into how people get into what they're doing and if they ended up doing something they're passionate about or not. And obviously, you you had a change in career into what you're currently doing. And that's why I find you a, 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 as a great guest because it's really what, what this podcast is about. So, well, you were in Nigeria how long? So we were in Nigeria for, my parents stayed there for 30 years. Um, okay. Oh, wow. At the age of 11, I was sent back to boarding school in England. So I moved once again. <laughs> wow. And uh, yeah, it was kind of disruptive when I look at it because I was nervous coming to the country that created the language English. And I was judging myself that I don't think I'll speak good English. And, you know, they'll make fun of me. So I remember, you know, like showing up in England and being so paranoid about speaking that I think I didn't speak for a month. Wow. Yeah, I can I can relate to that. I never had to go through anything like that, but I can totally see how that would uh, uh, would be a concern of an 11-year-old uh, going into that kind of situation. <laughs> and was it a problem? I mean, you didn't speak, but then once you decide speaking, was it a problem or, or it kind of just went away? Yeah, I think it just went away. I was realizing that, hey, I can actually understand and what the advantage was India being a former English colony. I had enough English uh, knowledge already. I just didn't believe in myself. And yeah, it, it was fine. Great. <laughs> Great. And so did you stay there? Did you stay there into your uh, adult, young adult years? Yes, I was there till I finished my high school. And then I applied for engineering in the United States. And I came to do my college in the U.S. Okay, okay. So that's when the jump happened. That's when the jump happened, yeah. Okay. And wh where did you end up in the U.S. when you I, came over? I went to Indiana, uh, 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 thinking that there'll be a lot of Indians there for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least the similarity in the name should have been. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. And uh, yeah, I'd seen Indiana Jones by then. So I'm like, yeah, this is the place I want to be. <laughs> and it, it was Purdue University. So I went to Purdue University and, and uh, graduated with my uh, bachelor's in computer and electrical engineering. Okay. Well, that sounds, sounds fascinating. So you, you went into, into um, technology and telecom. And obviously, I want to fast forward a little bit here because... I know you have a very uh, powerful story to tell once you get, came into this situation of chronic pain. But d during those years, anything in particular that you felt excited about? Were you passionate about your work or you kind of got into technology and telecom and you were content but not extremely passionate about what you were doing? Yeah, engineering was fascinating for me. I think uh, being an electrical engineer, I remember almost electrocuting myself with a toaster <laughs> and, and uh, you know, like cutting all the wires in the house. So I think that was the right choice for me, uh, studying electrical engineering. And I was excited to make a difference in the world. And I remember when I first 
uh, started working at Nortel, that um, I realized nothing that I had been taught in school uh, was being used mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in, in the actual real world. And at the same time, I learned how to use, uh, how to do engineering in the real world. I remember being in boarding school, always wishing that I could just call my parents anytime. And we would have scheduled a weekly call with your parents where you would go down to this room and you would have 10 minutes to speak to your parents on the phone. Hmm. And, and working in telecommunications and wireless, I felt uh, very privileged to be developing cell phones. That's what we did. I was in the wireless uh, division. And to create uh, this device that you can just walk around with anywhere and call anyone anytime you want it. So it felt like, wow, you know, I had been dreaming of this uh, as, a, as a kid, and here it is. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice angle. And now you're doing, and now we're how many Zoom calls we're doing these days and, and setting up recurring meeting, virtual meetings, right? Right. Now those kids in boarding school have that option and that, and, and that opportunity, in part thanks to the work uh, people like you have done. <laughs> right. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm a big advocate. I always say that uh, our workforce in telecom is not recognized enough, unfortunately, and that it, our industry is so exciting and so dynamic. And for whatever reason, we kind of let it go stall a little bit in terms of the work we do. Yeah, and especially at this time of the coronavirus. I, yes. I'm grateful to have helped, you know, bring the, uh, make, make a small difference in the telecommunications world. Well, now, you know, a lot of, a lot of people can still continue working, even though they, because of this coronavirus, thanks to the technology that we put into place. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, now we, you know, our workforce now is finally officially recognized as essential workforce. Like for whatever reason, you know, in times of a pandemic, of course, we think about the doctors and the nurses and all that. But, you know, imagine these same cir- circumstance without communications would have been very, very challenging. Right. Absolutely. Well, so eventually you got into a period of your life that uh, was challenging and you develop a chronic pain in your lower back. Correct. Right. So at this point, it's 2009. So just uh, for the benefit of the audience, tell us in, in your life, where were you? Where Were you married? Were you not married? Were you alone when you started to feel this chronic pain? Yeah, I was single at that time. I'm still single again now. And 2009, I think I had been working at least uh, 15 years. And that was when the financial crisis happened when uh, Nortel declared Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And so we started working from home and tons of, you know, the workload increased because they laid off a lot of people and everyone had to share the workload. So I was working like 12, 14 hours a day sitting on my chair and I would, I started experiencing a lot of back pain and I, I would even drive my car home and I would be in so much pain I wouldn't be able to get out of the car and almost had to fall out of the car. Wow. Uh, like taking milk out of the refrigerator was, was an act. Like I had to, you know, get into a certain angle or position just to lift the milk out so I could, uh, you know, make myself breakfast, cooking, doing laundry, just vacuuming. All these things started becoming uh, incredibly challenging. And wow. I attributed it to 
the sedentary lifestyle, the fact that I wasn't going to the office and I was sitting, you know, hours and hours in front of the computer, telecommuting, basically. And, um, you know, that's what I thought was the, the cause of the pain. And that's very hard. And that's why, by the way, it's not that I'm nosy wanting to know where you single, where you married. It's just that going through that experience on your own without having that extra help of someone maybe cooking for you or making breakfast for you, that definitely, to me, is a whole different experience. So you really were uh, at a very, very low in your life where you were living with a very, very bad pain and working rough hours, and then the company you were working for declares chapter 11. Right, right, exactly. So sounds like definitely rough times. And so you started to research, or what is it that you did in, in, in terms of solving this problem? Yeah, so that was a, a, a time for change when the company filed for chapter 11, and then we were bought out by another company um, at that time, Ericsson. And so I was Fortunately, managed to be, get rehired with Ericsson, and I was starting again with a new company, learning new products, new technologies. And the question came up for me, and I'm I'm in pain still, but I have not figured out how to heal myself yet. And I'm asking myself that: Do I've you know I've worked another four or five years with Ericsson, so I was asking myself: Do I want to continue this? job in telecommunications or do I see myself doing something else? And the other thing was I lost a lot of money when uh, the company filed bankruptcy. So I was sad, I, I guess. is, is, well, the, and is I, the right Any, any ex-Nortel employee can relate to that one. So here I am right. with you. <laughs> right, right. And I, and I'm sure, exactly. I'm sure everyone can, can relate to that. So, so there were a lot of questions in my mind and I was thinking, what is it that I really want to do in my life? And do I want to continue with this new company or do I want to take on something else? And the answer kept coming to me that I want to do something else. This is a good time for a new beginning. If the company hadn't filed Chapter 11, I probably still would be there right now. Mm -hmm. But that kind of shook me off or woke me up and said, okay, what is it that I really want to be doing? And what was coming up for me was to be speaking. I want to share a message, speak to the world, and uh, be in front of audiences. So that's what was coming up for me. Were you meditating or asking this, or it's just like in what you were doing, you were just aware, I call it, you were tuning into the, the universe, I call it, you know, I take the little antenna out and start getting what the science of the universe is trying to send. Well, that. I wish it was like that, but mostly it was I can't wait to get out of work and mm -hmm. and go home and do something else were mostly the feelings that were coming up and that I don't want to go through this, what I've been doing for the last 15, 20 years. I don't want to do this anymore. It was more that coming up than where I did want to go. So I would write lists of things, you know, like what if I went to... Uh, do programming, or I went to uh, become a traveler, or I went to write a book. And so as I, I would write all these poss possibilities, the one that was really uh, speaking to me was uh, speaking. Hmm. Oh, so you were listening to what makes you tick. I love it. Because <laughs> that's, you know, the whole, the whole purpose of, of this podcast. I also kind of 
went through something similar is when you listen and you get that message and, and you pay attention and you get the butterflies when you're doing something else that you're passionate about, then then it's like an aha moment. Right. Sure. And someone else in this podcast said, when you're doing something that you're passionate about, you don't even feel time going by. Right. Right. And so it sounds to me like when you were out of work, your your real day was starting. Right. Great. Right. So so this sounds like an exciting journey. So you wanted to speak and, and is is that what you did or what keep keep going? This yeah, is getting so, good. <laughs> so I I decided to try to speak, and I realized uh, after a few years of trying that, that this is much more challenging than I thought. But at the same time, uh, I'm still suffering from the pain that's, that I'm having. So I, in those eight years, I suffered for eight years. So from 2009 to 2017, I was in constant pain and it was challenging for me to even, you know, like, take a flight or, or sit for more than half an hour in a certain chair. And I saw many, many different doctors and uh, they would send me to physical therapy. They would send me for acupuncture. They would send me for, they would give me injections. They would recommend different kind of pills. They would recommend posture, uh, managing my posture. But no, none of the doctors were able to pinpoint what was the cause of my pain. I had a MRI done, and it showed four degenerated discs. It showed something called snarl nodes, which is where my my discs are puncturing into my spine. It showed stenosis. It showed showed herniation. It showed bulging discs, and so they said, you know, that this could be what is the cause of your pain, and just go and strengthen your core, and uh, you know maybe you might need an operation. So these were the the things that were being told to me, and I would try different solutions, heat pads, cold pads, massage machines, trying different postures, trying yoga, trying Pilates. And they would work for uh, maybe a day or two, and then, and then the pain would return. Mm, uh, wow. and, then, yeah, and then on the eighth year, I remember a friend of mine, she's a doctor. She re recommended me to a very senior doctor. He's one of the directors at a hospital. And, and so he became my doctor and I, I saw him. He made me do all the physical therapies and exercises again. And after six months, when I went to see him, he goes, he looks at me and he goes, Mr. Singh, I think that you're stuck with this for the rest of your life. Oof. And, and that was, uh, you know, like a really low point in my life when I walked out of the, the doctor's office and I said, wow, you know, like there's nothing the medical world can, can help me with. So I began to speak about this to my friends and, uh, you know, like try exploring other alternatives on, on pain healing. And I found this, uh, this book uh, that said that it's possible that stress and tension is creating this pain. And it's uh, stress and tension starting in the mind is creating a physical effect in the body and that's what's causing the pain hmm. and and having tried everything else and, and being an engineer that i would never believe something like this so it was it was difficult for me to to accept that you know it might be being caused by stress and tension but eventually that's what it turned out to be 
Wow. Yeah. You have extra kudos for that because I agree. Like engineers, sometimes they don't, they dismiss a little bit of these things. And what was the name? Do you remember the name of the book? The book is called uh, Healing Back Pain by Dr. John Sarno. Okay. We'll put it on the show notes <laughs> to see if it can help anybody else. Right. And so it wasn't, it wasn't only the book. So, so he was a doctor in the seventies that discovered a connection between the mind and the body. And Usually that book isn't enough for, for people helping with uh, that are suffering from chronic pain. So once you discover that, you have to actually recognize uh, what's happening. So I took this program called Zero Pain Now. And uh, so they actually refine the techniques from Dr. Sarno and filter it down to the real essential aspects of, of healing. While Dr. Sarno was more like the Wright brothers, he kind of figured out here's how it works. The zero pain now technique is more like the Concord, you know. It I see. It has ironed it out, taken it down to the basics and made it really fast. So So you became a coach basically of this technique. Exactly. I became a coach of this technique. And uh, the realization was that when we file for chapter 11 bankruptcy, mhm that is when my pain started. Mm. And, and that was the connection that I made was that that was an incredibly stressful time in my life and I was not managing it. I was actually ignoring it. Interesting. So that was the realization that that was when the pain started and then I made it into a habit of just blocking myself. My 401k, I'm sure you might have a similar story. I lost $200,000 the moment they filed chapter 11 and there's nothing I could do about it till today. There's nothing, right? It's gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's why I, I'm sure this episode is going to help a lot of people because you know what's happened with the coronavirus outbreak and the stock market. And I mean, you hear people, I mean, I hear people that I had never talk, heard the talking about the stock market, but of course they have their savings and they ha and now they're like in total panic. Right. And, and there's nothing you can do. There's no buddy you can write a letter to saying, excuse me, this happened. And so what I did was I blocked those emotions because I didn't want to feel them. And by blocking them, they started causing uh, manifesting in my body. Hmm. And uh, so, you know, Discovering that the source of my pain is actually the way I'm dealing with stress and tension is by simply not allowing it to flow through me, but by pretending that it doesn't exist. And once I changed that way of thinking, then I became pain-free. Wow, that's unbelievable. And so you, you're now currently, you can say you the pain is gone. Yes, I've been pain-free since 2017. And that's when it occurred to me that this is my, this is my career, that, uh, you know, to discover something that was completely elusive to me, that was in front of me, but I just couldn't see it. And that I can speak about this. And that's what I do. I speak about this and I help people heal themselves from chronic pain. That sounds very rewarding. So you try, you found your life calling through through your own body and your own experience. That's, right. that's outstanding. Right. 
you're one of the lucky ones, I think. And so even if, you know, you went through all these uh, painful experience, but so now since 2000, so it's almost three years, I guess, you've been a pain coach. And so tell me more about it. Like, what's your day like? Do you go, you speak to patients? How do people find you? Anybody that has chronic pains, what would you advise to them or suggest to them to, to start this journey? Yeah, I would ask them that. So what 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 I what we found out in this uh, from Dr. Sarno as well as from the Zero Pain Now that ninety percent of the time chronic pain has nothing to do with a physical issue, and that surprised me completely. And the biggest challenge when I meet people with chronic pain is how they start telling me that it was a sports injury, that it was a disc herniation, a bulging disc, a car accident that they had, and that that's what they think is the cause of the pain. So the first thing I would tell people is that go get checked out by a doctor. If it's, make sure that it's not cancer. Make sure it's not an organic disease that, that clearly is visible for the doctor. If the doctor cannot find a smoking gun. In other words, they can't say for sure that it's this issue, but they think it's just your your structure. Then it's a very good chance that the pain is being caused by the way that you're handling the stress and tension in your life. So the first step is that 90% of the time, it's possible that your pain is not what your doctor is telling you or not what people are telling you. So first come to the realization that have you tried physical therapy, medication, uh, heat pads, and does the pain keep coming back? That means you're a very good candidate for this kind of process. Hmm. So that would be the first thing. And then the next thing is that you can reach out to me or you can go to the Zero Pain Now website and there's a two-minute quiz that you can take that will ask you questions about your pain and will give you a result where if you're in the high score, you have a 97% chance that this process will work for you. Wow, that's powerful. And I know I was reading about this, that more and more like insurance companies are trying to include programs like this. And if I'm not mistaken, and now your program or this program is also working with hospital and insurance companies as well? Yes, yes. We just signed up about two weeks ago with a large insurance provider that helps people that are on workers' compensation. So yes, we, we are, we're working with insurance carriers as well. Yeah, I think that's important that the insurance companies start recognizing that uh, more and more, you know, the mental health and these kind of responses of our bodies sometimes come from, from something that it's, uh, you know, in our mind and, and the stress levels that we are dealing with. And I, and I want to just say, when you said sometimes, that sometimes is actually 90% of the time. Wow. That's, that's what I want to bring out, that, that that's one of the challenges is that people think it's sometimes. But I want our listeners here to be aware that there's a 90% chance if you're having chronic pain that it's probably not a physical issue. Wow, that's, uh, that's very, very uh, powerful. Yeah. And, and that's the hard part of this process is that it's unbelievable and there's so much out there counter to it. Uh, one of our coaches likes to use the example of the world being round and the world being flat. 
there's enough evidence that the world is flat and there's enough evidence that the world is round. It's hard to choose one or the other until you try to take off on a spacecraft, right? Mm -hmm. And then you will realize very quickly that if you try to go straight up, you'll fail. You need to go in a trajectory because the world is round. And Mm -hmm. that's how you're going to take off. That's when the difference really becomes critical, is whether it's round or flat. And that's the analogy I would use for your pain, that if you think your pain is being caused by a physical issue, you keep trying to fix it and it'll keep coming back. Keep trying to fix it, it'll keep coming back. But once you recognize that it's a psychological activity starting in your mind, and it is real, it it is real pain in the body, but it's starting in the mind. And it's uh, related to stress and tension in the way you're managing it. And once you start seeing that, suddenly the world is round. And you start seeing it everywhere and you're like, oh, oh my God, this is what's happening. And the pain goes away. Yeah. And that's, I guess, when people like you start spreading the news and say, have you tried this? Because, you know, I I know I've been in situations where, you know, the stress and now I'm dealing with high blood pressure for a a year or so, which runs in my family. And and the doctors say you you inherit the good, but you inherit the bad too, (laughs) (laughs) which I, 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 because I'm also a firm believer that like, I don't want to be taking pills. I don't want to be taking, you know, all this other stuff. But at the same time, also doctors are doctors, right? So it's almost, it's like what you're saying is like, you have to know what works for you. Mm-hmm. But I'm like you, like I try to read as much as I can and I try to inform myself and, and look for alternative methods rather than just going with what's right in front of me. Right. And it's very important that when you have success stories such as yours, uh, you know, when you had doctors telling you, you know, this is never going to go away and, and you almost kind of took took the, the matter in your own hands. And not only did you find a solution for the pain, but you also made and remade a whole new life for yourself out of it. That's, uh, wow, that's very admirable. Yeah, and and I just wanted to make another comment on something that you said that doctors are, this is their job to help you. And I love them, right? They're doing the best that they can and they're really genuinely wanting to help you alleviate your pain. The realization is that this is not a medical issue. So once you realize that this is not a medical issue, it's not a doctor that you necessarily want to be seeing. If you go to a doctor, they will do their best to get the pain uh, away, you know, to help you with the pain. And so I love them and they're doing their best just to recognize that once they've checked you out and they can't figure out 100% what the cause of the pain is, it's not a medical issue. And just to be open to that. Once you're open to the fact that, hey, this might not be a medical issue, that's why the doctors can't help me, is when you'll open your mind to this process. Yeah, that's that's great. And, uh, you know, I obviously with you, I don't feel like I can finish the interview with saying what makes you tick, because I think by now it's very obvious that you're doing something that <laughs> makes you tick. But is it in all the people that you met and the, and the circumstances, is there anything in particular that comes to your mind where you say, wow, this is inspiring. Look, look what I enabled here that you want to share with the audience or to give hope to anybody out there that is suffering from chronic pain? Is there any particular experience you want to share? Yeah, uh, definitely. One of my clients, and uh, if you go to my website, prajash.com, you'll see the, my, his post, I posted his testimonial when I, I recorded a testimonial from him. 
And he, he's 50 years old. He does construction work. And so he came to me and he said that it's all this construction work that's giving me pain. And I told him, nope, that has nothing to do with your pain. And uh, so he signed up as a client. And this process works so well that by day six, 85% of my clients are pain-free by day six. Imagine if you've been suffering for eight years and on day six, you're pain-free. So he has been suffering for four years. And on day six, he calls me and he says, my pain is gone. Wow. And, yeah. And he was so skeptical. So that's the first thing is skepticism. When people, when their pain is gone, they think it's just a coincidence. That hmm. It's just lucky, right? And then a week passed, two weeks passed, three weeks passed, four weeks passed. He says, you know, my pain is gone. And three months later, he was telling me that he was dancing on the dance floor like a jumping bean. That's, <laughs> those are the words that he used. And, and he's 50 years old and people said, wow, you know, how are you able to do this? And he goes, I don't know. But, you know, and he was dancing for three hours nonstop and he goes home with no pain. And that's the, the joy that I experienced as well. You know, after eight years of my pain, I can swim, I can dance, I can run, I can even give people piggybacks that I never, ever imagined that I could do. So just seeing the joy on uh, my clients' faces, initially the skepticism, the disbelief that, hey, it's working, am I really able to do this? And then slowly they get back to the lives that they used to have before the pain started. They get back to just being able to do everything, not having to cancel on events or tell people they can't make it or make up excuses on why they can't go somewhere because they don't want to share what's really happening in their life. And, I, and I'm talking about you know migraines. I'm talking about headaches. People have all kinds of chronic symptoms that stop them from doing things in their life. And also they're, they're reluctant to share this with, every other, uh, with other people. They may just call in sick you know, and say, I'm not going to go to work today, but I don't really want to tell uh, people what's going on because they'll judge me. Mm. Uh, this opens up for everyone. If you're having any kind of chronic symptoms where, uh, you know, once a week or once a month, something happens to you and you just, you just shut down, consider that, that this could be a chronic symptom that can be healed by this process. Well, uh, you know, thank God, luckily, I don't have any chronic pains, but I, I'm happy I met you so that if I do, <laughs> I know exactly who I would call. Right. But, uh, you know, it's just, um, to me, has been fascinating to, to hear your story and to see how you took a very tough moment in your life to really redesign what you were about and find your calling and helping people. And, and I can imagine how that brings you joy because being in telecom, I, I'm like you. I like when I see people making a phone call, I go to a Caribbean island and I know they are, there's a tourist making a phone call because of some equipment that we sold. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's fulfilling. But at the same time, I think it will fulfill me more to, to see that smile on, on someone's face, that they are pain-free and that you really had a direct impact in the quality of life that they're living. That's uh, really, I think, priceless. And, and you know what's more beautiful uh, about what you just said is that I can heal people over a video call. So I don't necessarily need to see anyone personally. So I, ironically, I'm using the technology that 
I helped put into place for helping people heal themselves. And especially in a moment like this, where we have the coronavirus, I'm actually getting a lot more business just because I can do this online. The process is pandemic proof. And I can do it even over a phone call, although video call is preferred. Oh. So, so there's no need to go to the doctor's office. There's no need to get worried about, you know, catching, catching the virus. This can yeah. be done online thanks to the technology that you and I put into place. Yeah, that's really full circle, <laughs> Brajesh. I have to say that's a hard one to beat. It's, it's definitely coming full circle. And I, uh, I am a fan because I definitely admire people that recognize the calling. You recognize that there was something that needed to change and acted upon it. And uh, it sounds to me like you're living a more fulfilled life because of it. So I really thank you for being on Back to Basics and sharing with everybody your story. And I will make sure to put all your contact info for people to check this out on their own if, if this is something that, that could help them or not. So I wish you best of luck and stay healthy in these tough times. Yeah, same to you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. And until the next time. Bye.